Okay. All right, Thomas, we are live on the port on the point of things.com and recording. And how are you? I'm smashing George. I just took a uh, walk. I, I walked to playground on the street. People don't know. Um, we're in Massachusetts, George and I. It was about 60 degrees at one point today, I think. Beautiful day today. And, uh, so I took, yes, I took a walk with the kids. We went over to a basketball court. And the neighbors were there and they uh, played a little basketball. George, I may have a weight problem. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to challenge me to, to like a uh, horse or something. I thought you mentioned basketball. I thought I was getting challenged. No. You might. Two what? things are happening. One, yeah, on? one is that um, I'm, I don't have agility and I'm not fleet of foot. And I right. think that has to do with uh, about 100 extra pounds that would put me just clearly in the simply overweight category. Right. But the other thing is, George, is that, and you'll see when you get to be my age, is that when I was <laughs> shooting the basketball. I will get your age to when be I your age someday. Yeah, about, when I shot the basketball, about 500 tiny tendons oh. ripped and tore in my arm every time. Uh, you know, I don't that, know for sure if that's what was happening, but a lot of stuff clicked and cracked every time. What I was going to say to you is, when you turn with, with a man of your, your large but quick felt uh, weight, you could actually hurt tendons in your knees and stuff like that, which would not be good. Do you think? Hello. Uh, right, let's do it open. Hang on. Uh, think about that. Here we go. Ready? This is The Point of Things with George Capalbo and Tom Shattuck. And here they are, on fire, but hardly warmed up. Tom Shattuck and George Capalbo. <laughs> I think those are your tendons that are on fire, right? The <laughs> muscles and tendons are on fire right now and because you're not warmed up. It's kind of psychic of me. Anyway, so yes, go ahead. So what do you think? It is good to get out there, though. It's it fun. is. Beautiful day. <clears throat> really enjoyed it. I love the good weather. I live in a great town. Talk to this woman. So listen to this. This is a great town. There's one main street, and that street is called Main Street, and it's got uh, a sidewalk, and that's the thing that connects everything. This is a, this is a town that's frozen in 1715, really. Mm. It's full of old town, uh, farmhouses, etc. Mm -hmm. And there's one main drag, and there's nothing downtown. There's one there's one store, kind of a convenience store, and there's one pizza place that's never been open when I've been around. <laughs> and like, there's one photography place, one old barber shop, you know. There's nothing down there. You've been there. Um, I have been. Wait, wait. There's a, fo a photo store. So, they have a photo store in your town. So there is, yeah. Those are very rare now, you know, because uh, everything yeah, but they is... sell photographs. Oh, okay. I see. Different. Not not photo they gear, not more cameras. Too. There's a lot of old cameras in the window. Hmm, interesting. They could, actually. I should look into that. That is a dying breed, um, that type of establishment. Like Go ahead. <clears throat> yeah, it's funny that everybody's still on about hunts. Yes. Hunts in Melrose, Massachusetts, everybody. If you need a photo store in Massachusetts, Eastern Massachusetts, Hunts is where you go. Even though they're not a sponsor of the point of no things dot com, they should be, but I have bought many things there. They're a great photo store. So George, I'm walking with the kids just a few minutes ago. Yes. Uh, we walked I walked down to the field where where we played basketball. Mm -hmm. And then the kids, including the neighbors' kids, decided they wanted to walk back with me instead of go with their parents in the car. 
they wanted to eat candy at the one store, which when we got to it was closed because it closes at 5 p.m. Because oh. once they, this is Sunday and we're in 1730. So, yeah. So anyway, um, <clears throat> everybody in the town is really nice. When you walk by somebody in the street, they always say hello and smile. And it's really, it's really a nice community feeling. Yes. And I noticed as I'm walking with the kids that these three people are behind us by like first about a hundred yards, but they're gaining on us. So Uh-oh. they're like out for an exercise walk. Okay. So I'm like, um, uh, you know, I, I said, okay, guys, let's try to hurry up a little bit so we can get ahead of them. But they kept gaining these three people. They kept gaining, gaining. And then well, they, they're not dressed in pointed hats. Said, okay, guys, they weren't. Just... They weren't Puritans that were coming to somehow <clears throat> no, no. Uh, to smote you for being out at dusk or something. No, they're just people exercising. No, nope. Nope. Okay. no, we don't have. We yeah, we're not. We've got some blue laws up here, but we're not uh, <laughs> burning people. Good up here. So anymore. So um. Right. Oh, that happened in Danvers, really. Danvers, Salem. Yes. Um, so anyway, they eventually, they're catching up. So we, I say, you guys, let's pull over here into this driveway and let these guys walk past us. And it's a three people. It's a guy and I believe his wife, young, okay. in their 30s, handsome, great smiles, very nice people. And they saw I was with the dog. I had my dog, Pepper. And so they patted Pepper, who who's a sweet dog. She is a sweet despite dog. Despite what you say, George. <laughs> I do say, no, she's um, a very sweet dog. She's always been nice to me. You, I don't know. But me, she likes. <clears throat> the third woman, George, looks like a young Christy Brinkley. Oh. Um, beautiful blonde woman. Strikingly beautiful. Probably the most beautiful woman in any town, in any town she goes into. And she says, she talks to the kids and says, oh, you guys are all bummed out that there's no school, to, that school starts again tomorrow because it's February vacation. Right, it's the end of it, yep. And the kids said, oh, yes, yes. And uh, and she said, oh, you guys don't want school, right? And I said, no, no, boo, they don't want school. And then she said, um, <laughs> Uh-oh. oh, I know, I have to go to school too tomorrow. I'm a school teacher. I'm No, no, I'm a bus driver, she said. Oh. I thought, what an unlikely look for a bus driver. Like what a great town this is! Like even the bus driver who works and <laughs> lives off of Main Street somewhere is absolutely astonishingly beautiful. That's fantastic. So anyway, I just appreciate that, George. It is it is fantastic, and uh, they're they're all humans, right? They're not it. they're it's motorized not, and don't make funny noises when they move. This is not like a uh, science well, fiction movie from the seventies, and like you're West the only Westworld. Yeah, <clears throat> they're stitching in the check. back of their that, necks. That, <laughs> <laughs> that first Westworld with Yul Brenner was really a creepy movie. That was a, it? it was very creepy. Very creepy. Disneyland for adults with even better animatronics. So, George, you yes. probably realize, I know, it was a great, it was a totally great uh, premise. Mm-hmm. You, pro- uh, you probably know, George, that um, this is my last night as a fat. Right. So I, am, I know that. Um, I'm well aware. drinking some IPAs that are here. Right now, the Two Roads brand uh, double IPA. Plenty of bite, it says. I don't really love beer with plenty of bite, but so there you go. Tom, this may sound like blasphemy to you, but I am drinking a Heineken double O. Do you know what that is? That's the brown bottle Heineken, right? Uh, It's blue. (laughs) Really? Yes. As a matter of fact, do you know how much alcohol is in it? Uh-oh. Oh! Is it, oh I'm thinking zero. <laughs> it is. It's zero dot zero. 
Really? I'm just uh, I just saw some really? and I decided so are to you try on the wagon, George? it. George, at the moment, at least tonight. Yes, I have um, a friend that. So that's interesting. I've thought about this. that too to right? try to go through the motions. Yeah, and that's so why are you on the wagon? I a friend suggested I should you know do that so I can enjoy some time with her and uh, she really suggested. She said it's okay if I have a beer, but Ooh, hold but, um, the phone, yeah. George. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> You've been on one date and you're making concessions? No, two. No, it was interesting. It was interesting. George. It was good. Hold the line, man. <laughs> you don't give away drinking as one of the top 20. I, I, she better have given something up. No, she didn't. She didn't George, ask me to give it up. up. In fact, she, she actually uh, suggested I don't give it up, that I should just, that's fine with her. She doesn't care. Do, enjoy yourself. Then why? I thought I would try this. What? You, I thought you just suggested that she said that she, suggested it to you no she suggested that she that's what she does and i said i think i'd like to try some, something like that so i saw and, and coincidentally i saw an advertisement so advertising does work with daniel craig james bond is not james bond sitting at a bar and they make him a martini called a double o which has got two eggs in it he goes no i'm working and he points at the heineken and he gets heineken double o so i thought i tried yeah. and it's not bad you know other working. than it has no alcohol but you know that could be a problem but what's the point, George? If there's no alcohol, you what's might, the point? It's got some Unless flavor. You're trying it, to quit. I'm not. I'm really not trying and to quit. I yeah. just thought it'd be. It's an experiment. If you're going for the non-alcoholic world, there's so many wonderful drinks that are non-alcoholic. All right, what should? I, all right, what? what give me some list. Give me a list of things that are non-alcoholic. If I decide to go down this path, there's beautiful cream soda. There's certain brands of ale, the ginger, which are wonderful. There's That's fruit true. juices of every kind. Jesus, George. <laughs> I've thought of like when I've like gone for uh, on, the, on the wagon for a while. I've it's thought an experiment. of like it's an experiment. I thought like you know this would be maybe I should because there's a sensation you get like um after you mow the lawn or whatever where you're like man this is time for a beer. I thought maybe yeah. I could substitute something. Maybe something else will feel like a beer too. You know because there are just times when like actually tonight after this walk you know it was a, you know we played the basketball. You know, took a little out of me, and then right. walking three miles. And by the time I got home, I was legitimately like thirsty, and so you know the beer, you know, hits a spot. Yes, but I mean, this taste, I, this taste you know, for all intents and purposes, like a like a Heineken, and it's maybe it maybe is slightly. Now, sweeter. do you worry that you uh, do you worry that you drink too often? Uh no, not really. Like I said, it's an experiment. It's kind of like if I had taken. A beer that's I don't know seven or eight percent, and tried one of mm -hmm. those. It's it's that kind of experiment. I want to see what that feels like, and it's good. Yeah, I understand. I understand. <laughs> I definitely drink too often. You think so? But, um, uh, I mean, yeah. If it's part of my like life, you know, like a lot of like like a lot of people would, or like when you used to, when you used to smoke, or when I used to smoke, you know, right. You'd have that lunch break and you'd have a smoke and it just feels like a good part of your life. Like unwinding with a with a cocktail or two or more is, um, you know, just feels good. Especially if you've got a job that's sometimes stress, stressful or whatever. Absolutely. But, you know, I'm not a bar fly or anything. I don't drink during the no. day. I'm not, like, no. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not that deep. Well, into we the have, pamphlet, but, you know, we actually I, have, I, but that's not today, right? <laughs> so. You and I have actually drank right. during the day. I mean, yeah, let's 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 put make that clear. Right. It's not a regular occurrence, though. 
No, and uh, wait, when did we do? Oh, you you came up here once. I guess we maybe yeah. may have been a little buzzed. That up was here a weekend. We that here. was a weekend day, and it was there was there long uh, enough that I was yeah, fine. Yeah, no, that was that right. was fine. And I think I mean I definitely like look at look at my own life when I was in my twenties. When I was in my twenties, we essentially I was single and I hung around with like minded guys. Right. We were all single. We all worked around each other. We pretty much got smashed just about every night <laughs> in one way or another. <clears throat> you know, and that. Like those days, that that's over. Like, if anything, now if I get buzzed, then I would, I'm going, I'm going to sleep. Probably eating, which is a problem, and then going to sleep. There's no more like that. Those just, you know, when you're in your twenties, it's crazy. So, especially when I when I was in my twenties, I had no, I had an unserious job, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you know. Well, so I, I've always been I've always been a softer developer. So you know, it for me, if I went out at lunch and had a had a drink. I wouldn't get much done in the afternoon. As a matter of fact, I did that once. That's right. why I learned that. I didn't get my. I had a Long Island iced tea, <laughs> and uh, that was Ooh. that was a that was a serious drink for lunch. That was not a uh, that was yeah, not so a it's... not a just a light beer. You know, that was <laughs> more serious. And I said, okay, I'm not doing that yeah, again. I'm, I'm uh, as you know, I may be related to some uh, people who do uh, um, are are um, web developer guys. Um, and uh, and you're right. If you're you can't really, especially if you're somebody right. who gets legit hungover, you can't really code. I mean, you need your mind. I think. And, and to, for uh, me, it wasn't even just getting hungover. I was just about, relaxed, yeah. and you know, maybe I just don't feel like coding. <laughs> I just like to take right, a nap right. or something. I've had very few hangovers in my life. I and the worst one, the worst hangover I ever had was in Amsterdam, and I had was drinking Old Geneva's with. Rich, my business partner, who you sort of know peripherally, right? You haven't really hung out with him a lot, but you know him, mm-hmm. and he's a good guy. And he's you. He's like you, though. He's a big guy, right? So we we had, uh, I think, maybe four or five. No, uh, Gibsons. I'm sorry, we had get. We started with Gibsons, which are a martini with olives or with onions instead of olives, and they were very good. And then he said, "Hey, that's a Gibson. That's, that's not a Gibson. Gimlet. It's not a Gimlet. It's a Gibson. It's a Gibson. Okay. You, you call it has got a little pearl onion in it. It has a little pearl onion in it. Maybe there were three of them right. on us on a stick. Okay. So, so then he says to me, "Hey, the the uh, German rep for the company has found this drink. It's called an Old Geneva. It's two types of Dutch gin served cold in a fluted glass. And would you like to come and you should try this? Come with me over to the bar. So I don't know how many of those I had because every time I looked away, he got another one." <laughs> And it was sort of, I was drinking, you know, I just kept drinking them. So finally, I don't know, how, like, I don't know how many that, that I drank. And, and I felt like I I had drank him under the table. But as it turns out, it was some employee that he didn't like had walked in. And he said, oh, I'm done. I'm out of here. And so I went back to my room and I got on the bed and I had to grab onto the sides because I was being spun off. Okay. You know, literally, it felt like I was going to fly <laughs> onto the floor. So I got up, and yes. like like Daniel Craig injecting adrenaline into his heart to keep himself alive, I started pounding back glasses of water, maybe like a dozen glasses of water. <laughs> and I went to bed, and I woke up the next morning, and I had died. And it took me until I didn't get to the, to this trade show we were at until about one in the afternoon, and I, and I was very pale. I just sat in the corner in the dark, and and then I didn't drink for six months. And those, those were in my, my, that was in my Formula One days, right? So I immediately after this trade show, I was in Europe, I yeah. stayed in Europe, and I went to two races in a row. And I didn't drink, and I realized it. And we, we'd all go out, and I'd have a couple of beers that, no offense to any of my friends listening. <laughs> Actually, one of them probably is listening. 
their jokes weren't as funny as when we were all drinking. So that was an interesting no. observation. But eventually I got through that. But to, no, people, for many years, you know, I couldn't drink gin. Gin gave me just... Um, does, is there any type of alcohol that gives you... tough stuff. It gave me just a, a visceral reaction. I could not drink it. Now, that is probably 20 plus years ago. And now I can. But at the time, no gin for many years. Maybe like 15, it's funny you say years. that, George. George, is, uh, gin is tough stuff. And by the way, Geneva is G-E-N-E-V-R-E-R. It's not Geneva like Switzerland, apparently. Um, so He's a Midwestern um, guy. He pronounced it as Geneva. So gin but it's probably, those, you're probably right, Geneva. Uh, it is, gin is one of those things that definitely gives you a hangover. And I went through a long gin and tonic phase in the 90s at some point. Mm. And then it really, like kind of like, I've stepped away. I can't imagine having it again. Mm. I'm like so ginned out because it's really tough stuff. And there's the idea of gin and the quinine from the tonic and all that stuff. It is, it is tough stuff. And yeah, it's not a good thing. I mean, yeah, no, gin is not a, it's not something to mess around with. Hey, Anson, my little son is oh, here. Hello there. So by the way, uh, you do, know do, you, do you and your, your lovely family, do you like to go outside and, and watch the stars? Well, I, my brother just bought us a real professor, professional telescope. Really? Well, what I'm suggesting yes. is you do not, you may not need a telescope for this if this happens. If you go outside right now and look into the sky, look to the south, and you see three stars in a row, they're probably at about maybe a 20 degree angle to the vertical, and they, they stick out. That's that's part of the constellation Orion. It's a, a hunter, and it mm -hmm. looks, it's that's the belt, Okay. Up and to the left, there's a bright yep. red star called Betelgeuse, except since November, it hasn't been bright. It's actually been dimming. And it's a red star because it's, you know what a red giant is? And that's not a grocery store. It's uh, yes. a type of star. Okay, so stars have hydrogen and they're burning fusion. Our sun right now has got four and a half billion years left and it's got plenty of, hi of, of hydrogen to burn. Hi, well, Ryan. O R I O N. Yes, you can look this up. So, Betelgeuse, however, is a really small star. It's only 10 million years old and it's running out of fuel. And when a star runs out of fuel, it basically starts consuming other stuff. Like it turns hydrogen and leaves helium. So it starts consuming the helium and eventually it gets down to carbon and then it gets down to iron and then it, the fusion stops. Well, so that's a red, what is it called? Red giant. Red, red giant. Red giant. Okay. So. When it starts burning, turning red, it actually, there's less pressure. It cools off. It's like, you know, instead of being like 5 billion degrees, it's 3 billion degrees. But it cools off, and it starts to expand, and it's no longer that bright white you can't look at. It turns red. So, Betelgeuse has been getting really dim. Like, to the point where astronomers are thinking... Hmm, it might be exhausting all its... We're not sure. It could be exhausting all its fuel, or there could be some stuff that's burned off that's out in front of it. We can't really see it, and it's darkened it. But that's what's been happening. And when it runs out completely, it gets down to just having iron. All that stuff, all that gas has been pushed out for, in this case, 10 million years, but ours is like 4.5 billion years. It mm -hmm. condenses all at once into a ball. And when you condense matter, you get gravity. And when you get immense gravity, mm -hmm. it then explodes into a supernova. And if it happens, it's going to be brighter than the full moon. It will cast a shadow on the ground and it'll be visible in the daytime. Like sometimes you can see the moon 
you, if in the sky. It won't be you know bright as the sun, obviously, but you'll be able to see it. And for two years, it'll be like that. And however, in Are the you last me? no, this would be if this happens, it'll be the coolest thing. As a matter of fact, there's another so is Orion to look at right now. Uh, you can you might be able to see it. It's it's up and to the left, and it's going to be it's a kind of a dim red. Well, in the last 48 hours, it started brightening up again. So now it's it's up maybe about 10%. So now they're thinking, well, maybe it's over and it's coming back, or we don't know, but maybe this is just a temporary phase. They don't know. But uh, if it happens, it'll be the coolest thing. And, and the only time in recorded history that we've had a, a supernova that's been seen from Earth was, let's see, when was it? It was 10... I think it was 1045. And it was actually another star in Orion. And that, and that is the Orion Nebula, which you can see, which is really, with your telescope, you should go look at the three stars, find the three stars, sight, and then look slightly down into the left of the, the star on the left, and you will see the Orion uh, Nebula, which is really cool to look at. It looks just like a cloud of stuff. So if it happens, it's going to be neat, but it may not happen for 100,000 years, or it, and, and it may happen in a week. But now they're thinking, we don't know, maybe it's not happening. But it's still pretty cool. I'm, so is this? So this is not the thing that's going to come hurling into us. No. So the, the good news is, is that it's 650 uh, light years from Earth, which is means the light we're seeing. So so it could have already blown up, okay? But we have, we're not going to see it until that light gets here, and that's 650 million years or 650 uh, light years, 650 years away. So it could have blown up in the last whatever, but it, we just see what's what was in the past. So if it blows up, it'll just be a lot of light. It's not going to be everyone on Earth is incinerated or anything bad happens. If like a star that's like Alpha Centauri that's four light years away blew up, then we got problems. But it's not. They're, those all the stars around us are pretty young, like ours, and they're not. They're none of them are red giants. But in that part of space, there are. Go figure. But it'll, it'll be cool, um, not dangerous. So George, here's my feeling about that. I don't believe you space types. <laughs> Of course when you, you talk don't. about stuff. I don't think I don't think anybody knows anything about anything. I think the even the mention of Orion's belt that doesn't that doesn't look like a belt. It doesn't look like a constellation. I mean, it's it's all I sort mean, of as a as a kid. My yeah. father dragged us to a thousand planetarium shows at the Museum of Science with Leonard Nimoy giving us the uh, intro. Fantastic at the beginning and um, it, the, the constellations that they draw in the sky there it does not look like the star formations. No, or the planet formations, or whatever they are. I don't believe that there's a difference between stars and planets. I mean, all that was all, all those constellations know. are is just is just a, a, a way to remember what the sh what, what these things are by by putting some uh, you know some mm -hmm. shapes on them. And it was done a long time ago. Well, I'm glad the scientists don't have too much power, George, because <laughs> you guys have been all over the place with your stuff. I, like, I just go by the Museum of Science, and yes. I used to, we went there in the 70s and like early 80s as kids. And Me too. They had the huge dinosaur, and then they had a Loved huge it. pterodactyl. Loved it. And now, the, ter the then right, and the cool pterodactyl looks like a flying lizard, you know, with a ring right. Now, George, in the last couple of years, guess what the pterodactyl is covered with? Plastic? I don't know. No, fur. Fur! They fur. George. Wait a minute! Dinosaurs have fur. Now, oh, dinosaurs we were wrong fur. the whole time. <laughs> they we were wrong the whole time. These are not, furry pterodactyls now. They were furry. We've been wrong the whole time. So now pterodactyls are becoming decidingly more like birds. There wasn't a breed of, Every of bald pterodactyls. They're 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 just furry pterodactyls. How, no, I mean birds have furry, feathers, and I'm getting the feeling that they're just I'm making the it up. That, that there's that. 
Well, and also, how do we know that the T-Rex bones go where they say they are? We're the ones that came up with the tiny hands, and they're like, oh, yes, that makes they have man-sized arms. That makes total sense. <laughs> yeah. I don't but we just so, didn't George. find the bones. You, mi- you missed the, some bones. The, the you missed a pile of bones, right? Stegosaurus. I mean, these are not people to be taken seriously, people who, who dig ditches and brush pieces of rock with brushes and feel important you gotta admit that's a pretty I, I, that's I a pretty calm job to have to be just sitting there and just finding bones and dusting them off and figuring out where they go that's gotta be there's no deadline on that you don't have to put out a, a, a thing every well, day because or it's, some people, college gives you a grant to go yeah. waste time well you know they have these, it's, uh, it's interesting to know, it's interesting to know the history until they no. see something cool yeah. but you're so i mean what's something that we're told i mean, is there anything cool out there? I mean, the elephant is cool, but the woolly mammoth is cooler if, if it ever existed. I think I think solar eclipses are are really cool, and I've seen one, and that was those amazing. Aren't bad. Those are amazing, and they know exactly <laughs> when those are happening. Those are just celestial mechanics, which is very well known. So, by the way, well, maybe four uh, or five hundred years I'm ago, if you suggested your your revolving around the sun stuff, either. well, so if you so you would you would be burning I me don't at the think stake. The moon has anything to do with tides. You would you would be burning me at the stake, wouldn't you? Because uh, you're one of these people that says no, the Earth is the center of the universe, and all this other stuff is heresy, and you must be flogged. The Spanish Inquisition. Well, <laughs> you can't things. with a straight face suggest. You can't with a straight face suggest that the Earth is round. Of course not. It's, it's a donut. Good. <laughs> of course, the Earth is round. All right, so. When, no, it's not. When, yes, it is. All right. There's any satellite that is any any Apollo mission or Mercury mission or Gemini mission that took off mm-hmm. from the Earth or shuttle or the International Space Station. Are they looking down it's at a, a big, donut or a big flat plate? No, they're looking down big at a big F ball. Here, George, if you ever been in an airplane, mm-hmm. does the is the the are you seeing the edge of the disc or I is have. it round? It's round. It's got a curve to it. You are wrong, sir. There is a the that's Earth a, is round. That's the convex window. That does that? <laughs> I'm not buying it. I'm, buying, I'm not saying that it's perfectly. Then I suggest I suggest um, we go on. I suggest we go on a safari to find the edge of the Earth. We'll just walk and walk. You like to walk, and that will get you into shape too. By the well, way, if you walk if to you the fall, edge of the Earth, you'll you be fun. Over the edge. Oh, we'll stop when we get to the fall edge. Fall over the edge. It's fire and serpents. Well, see, I'll be drinking non-alcoholic beer, and I won't fall over the edge. I'll be sober, but you'll be knocking so this is back. Very interesting, George. Last week, seven point oh. Last week, I beer. had to wake up. I had to wake up in like at four thirty oh, or five before five four thirty. That's not good. To um to go record a podcast in Boston. Ah yes. So that is good. So what I've been doing previously before these things is I I wouldn't you know I'd be very good. I'd go right home eat and go right to bed. Like what time this do you go time, to bed? I don't know what the case was. But this time I, I I had four beers. Ah. Um, they were like these IPAs over like three hours and then I had dinner and then went to bed. I was probably in bed by nine o'clock, but it's funny, George, I woke up at three o'clock and I'm like, okay, I feel good. I'll just do this like this. I'll, I'll just I'll stay up. I'll get some exercise. I got some exercise. I walked for a bit, whatever. Then drove into Boston. I still had an hour to kill. I walked for a few miles in Boston, up and around Beacon Hill. I wasn't uh, drunk the night before whatsoever hey, you, in, you didn't you know, pull an all-nighter you just got up you just got up super hours. early no right but it's funny so but so i ended up getting up at like 3 30 whatever yeah and just staying up and i like the i get excited about going into boston under the traffic before the traffic gets absolutely going. but i gotta tell you george by noon i was i felt like i had a 
brick hangover. It felt I felt terrible. I'm like, you know, it's it's a confluence. Like those beers did matter, I guess, and and with the lack of proper sleep, and you never know now. It's, well, it's, I I just did the sort of I did, never I almost did the all nighter a few weeks ago. Do you remember? I went to the Celtics game with my customer, the Golden State Warriors, and I was. Uh, in the press area with them and and we did some live broadcasting and then the game is over you know it was like eight o'clock game so by 10 30 11 we're done and we go into boston i stayed in town rather than driving back because i knew we'd go out so i could i could have a few adult beverages and not worry about you know driving because that's one of my one of my rules is i try not to drink and drive or i wait a long time before i before i drive a vehicle so i'm not impaired in of any course. way right of course and so anyway it's two thirty. It's two in the morning, and it's last call. And I realized we stayed up till two, and then so everyone is still hungry. So we went to this pizza, this all night pizza place down in the theater district, and there are all these kids from Emerson, and it looked like a Fellini movie. Was this Dominic's all, Lounge? Maybe, and it was very cold. And the Dominic's Lounge still there near, near Warrington Street, near the old Blue Man Group. The, the, well, we were at the the fourth wall. Which I, which I mistakenly called the third wall. They all made fun of me, and I said, "Yeah, okay, I'm always breaking the third wall." You know that that made up for it. Okay, I came up with a funny joke. Hang on, something's ringing. Oh, I, I know what that is, but I'll I'll get a voicemail for that. That's okay. <coughs> anyway, so uh, I was so we then got a pizza and we went back to my hotel lobby and we sat and ate pizza until three thirty in the morning. And I contemplated just staying up. That sounds like the activities of very sober people, George. We were we're we're not that drunk. <laughs> we were not. It's not. It was not. There was no. I knew where I was, and I wasn't impaired. The fourth wall. The fourth wall. So this is, which was okay. Tremont Street is this. Is this the past? Pe- oh, there it is. Okay. The pizza place is, is 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 toward the the park, about two doors to the to the. Uh, if you're walking toward the park up Tremont. It's, there's a pizza place. I don't know what the name of it was because maybe there was some. We were drinking sours that night, which were very good and not not in oh, a God. row. I like sours actually. Believe it or not, I like things in my my um, younger than it's you very sugary, age. George, what are you doing to yourself? In, in my younger than you age, oh, when I get to be so your right age, near... when I get to be your age, I, I so may change my habits. That's right near those that great bar, the fourth wall. Those are the Emerson bars down there. Right, they are. Um, so there's all, the Tam is down there. Yep, the Tam is near, right nearby. And there's uh, the bar had a, another bar has a guy's name or used to. It was a great bar. Damn, God, it was a great place. Go ahead, George. Yeah. Okay. So I'm anyway, so excited about. So no, yeah, that's good. This is your reliving your past. But I still got it, Tom Shattuck. I was. Now, I was hold fine. on, George. I have a question to yeah, ask you, right, and I need ahead. you to be honest with me. Question. If you were at the fourth wall, George. Yes. That means you were steps away from a little street I like to call Lagrange Street. Okay. Did we walk onto Lagrange Street at all? Uh, I believe not, because I crossed Tremont and then we walked up. Um, what is the street that crosses that the corner? Because I'm not looking at a map right now. Toward our hotel, There's Boylston. It might have been Boylston. It well up. Where'd you stay? I was staying at the Park Plaza. The Park Plaza. And they were staying at like the Four Seasons. Okay, well, so I was I was on the way. So we okay. stopped there. Okay. It was it was good, but okay. The next morning about. I, I did go decide to go to sleep, and uh, then I woke up at maybe nine, and so I got maybe five hours of sleep by the time I went to sleep. But I I was a very similar, not a hangover, but I did feel like a I had a brick. Yeah, you know, I was carrying a load of bricks on my shoulders at about one or right. two in the afternoon, but I did survive it, 
and I, I had a good time. But it was really just sort of, because we're working late, the time just went by and suddenly, you know, good conversation. And it wasn't a lot of beer and it wasn't a lot of food, but it was over three hours. So we weren't really that drunk at all. We just were out because yes. it was adrenaline because we we're having a good time. But uh, I still got it. But I did yes. think about an all-nighter. <laughs> I, I might, I, it might be the time. But no, I chose not to. I chose wisely not to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was the great? Okay, so it was the Tam. What was that other bar down there? It had a guy's name. And isn't it one of these things that, that, that were bought up? It was, wasn't it one of these things that were bought up by this bar holding company, and they're closing them and turning them into something else. <clears throat> they should also be sponsoring us. Um. Oh yeah. No, there was a bar with an old great bartender. Me and a guy. This was in my twenties, my late twenties. A, a, a friend of mine who worked at the hotel. We worked at our hotel together up the street, the old Parker house. Right. And we, we would get into different bars. Um, uh, one was called the office that had a beautiful, beautiful, uh, bartender. Of course, who we were all fawning over who knew it. And that was $4, $4 pit, uh, buckets of rolling rock. And so we'd get one or two buckets and, um, and we sunk a lot of money into that. It was a great bar though. But this bar down in Tremont Street, this this is the old days of like really good bars. Mm-hmm. Is it me and this guy would go down there to and and I remember one time I ordered a um, shot of uh, or a, I ordered a Jack Daniels on the rocks or whatever. And through the night, this bartender would just come by and fill the glass up. Wow! As he was talking to us, and well, never never asked me. Just talking to us, you know, the place was empty. And That's just good business. Filling it up. <laughs> That's yeah. That's the the old. Uh, that's when bartenders were professional, and they'd been at the same place for thirty years. And they and you people, it was a, it's a cliche. Everybody knows your name. They knew everybody's name, and it was a uh, it was oh, a different yeah. era. Yeah, we're old codgers now. Yeah. These young whippersnappers well, you know, with their robot drink machines and all that. Oh, totally, George. And, and you know, when I was nineteen or I think nineteen or twenty, I uh, you know. I got into a bar in Boston, and since they let me in without carding me, you know, I took care of the bartender and everybody, so they never carded me ever. For, mm. I had two years before I even hit 21. Mm. And, uh, man, it is – at that age, you know, you're in awe of a bar and people hanging out in mm. there and all the characters, and it's so great. And I remember at one point being – it was a, just a like a, a moment of honor that I actually got a phone call at the bar. Really? And they said, and, Tom, uh, it's for you. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they said, uh, Tom, you got a call? And said something about, like, uh, like they some wise, like, wise-ass thing, like, uh, um, like uh, I guess I'm your secretary now, Tom, or whatever, like, you know, like that. But, um, oh, man, I felt important and cool. You know, it's, <laughs> as you get later, into your later 20s, et cetera, it becomes a little less honorable, and then, of course, outright disgraceful eventually. Because now you're a degenerate but, um, if you're doing that every day, right? Yeah, so. Exactly. exactly. So exactly. let me ask this question. Is this, was this a place where you could walk yeah. in and they go, Tom Shattuck, vodka martini, straight up with a twist, and put it on the table oh, yeah, in front of because, you? because you know what? I didn't know anything. I didn't know how to order anything. The only thing I knew was that the, um, that the Beatles used to drink um, scotch and Coke. <laughs> so I would order scotch and Coke. And <laughs> nobody was ordering scotch and Coke in 1992, you know? So they knew me for that drink. When I think about it now, it's a horrific drink. But actually, 
it reminds me of that time exactly. I would never mix the. T- I would never. I don't do scotch, and I don't generally do coke. So, but it is a uh, yeah. Just because the Beatles talked about it <laughs> in uh, in 1964. You it was know, a thing to about, do. They were in Perth, Australia, in this interview, and uh, there was no other liquor. They were talking about being there. They were both. They t- no, they loved it. They loved Scotch and Coke. I'm sure it's, they love the caffeine of right. like, Coca Cola. Yes, and um, and um, yeah, I guess Scotch was cheap, probably. But the, yeah, they said one of the old Beatles interviews. I used to get all the Beatles uh, bootlegs. I'm sure you did too, uh, because back then you had to go to places and conventions and find bootlegs because. There was no internet. Right. And they had this great uh, conversation about how they were hanging out in the room drinking before a concert in Australia. And this guy had climbed on the outside, up the outside of the hotel, like 10 floors up, and climbed into their room to meet them. Wow. And they were so impressed with the guy, they made him a scotch and coke. (laughs) Yeah. And then they climb back down. After you have a couple of those, climb back down to make sure he never returns. Yeah. That's good. So I, I, had a, so I remember funny. the George, Beatles you? were pretty cool. The Beatles were very cool. I mean, they were the coolest thing in the world totally. in that period and even for many years afterwards. So I had a story that was told at the RKO reunion of WRKO got the master tapes for Sergeant Pepper with the order to not release them. You can't take these out of the building. And so these two student interns who were, were charged with cutting them up and putting them onto carts so they could play them when the, the album premiered in a couple of days... They, of course, made a copy and took it back to their apartment on Commonwealth Avenue and put it on speakers and cranked it up. And they had people coming out of <laughs> the door. What, what is that? Down the street. So they stuck it in the window. So um, pretty cool. So they, they premiered <laughs> Sergeant Pepper before it was released. And they're not in jail, you know, so I think it was a different era. Got away with it. How cool is that? By the way, WAAF in Worcester is, is no you more. Know? We have another. We have another uh, Boston radio station that has gone off the air, and I have a personal no. family con- connection to it, and uh, it's very interesting. And uh, WAAF in 1961 was my dad went and found the frequency. He got his Italian contractor friends to build the building. He petitioned the FCC, got it on the air. Was promised 25 percent of it by the current ownership. George, I don't they like reneged. this. Um, reneged. Hold on. I don't. I don't like this Italian contractor friends. So yeah, exactly they're good. What you're trying to say, George. They're. they're <laughs> yeah. No, they were. They. They. I don't know. They could have been mob. I don't know. They may have been paid handsomely. Mm-hmm. I don't. I did not believe so. I believe they were just relatives. So in my family, we had and one you knowing not to ask questions. <laughs> yeah, George, exactly. well, I was a little so too perfectly. young. I was a little too young to know to ask questions. Well, in my family, there was one mob connection my grandmother's sister's mm-hmm. son was the mob lawyer for worcester and nobody liked him so they didn't talk to him right oh it was the other side of the family that the, had the, the mob the, exactly it was not my side of the family right they didn't talk to that it's not sister. the side of the family with uh hundreds of thousand dollars in cash in the wall no no absolutely exactly not, not. No, right exactly i know that how that happened i don't know right but uh yes so no. so yeah so that so that's um and then maybe that's how the, the radio station got built so yes he got his italian contractor friends to build it he was promised 25 percent, and then the owner said i never said that so i have this memory of Ooh. going to this to a and dinner then those contractor friends became unhappy. <laughs> no none of that happened is the guy i remember i looked up this guy that uh, that had owned it. i won't say his name on the air well he's dead now because he died about three years ago he was 96 years old so he lived a good long life he was not rubbed out and he eventually sold that station, and my dad did not get his percentage. You know, nowadays it would be, would be a, a lawsuit there. But my dad 
went to WRKL. That's how we did the RKO gig. He said, I'm quitting. I'm leaving. And so we had dinner at his house. Wow. And I'm a little kid. He sat me down in front of a color television. Do you remember Green Acres with Eddie Albert and, and uh, Ava Gabor? And I'm sitting there watching the beginning of, of Green Acres, and I can hear them talking in the background. And he, this uh, guy that owns the company is saying, George, we'll put your son through college. I will pay this. I'll do that. And my dad just said, all I want is what you promised me. And he said, I'm sorry, I can't do that. So my dad then comes over and says, come on, we're leaving. And we walked out. <laughs> that was the story. And Jesus. that was the beginning of WAF. And of course, it was WAABFM in those days. As a matter of fact, I just found in his papers a chart of the radiated power when that was a, a thing, as opposed to listening to it on your app. And uh, it covered pretty much out to Boston because he was a good engineer and he made it go from a hill in Worcester. He picked the right spot so it could be heard basically all in Boston. So it was considered kind of a Boston station. And Friday night at midnight, it was done. And many people this weekend have said to me they're they're feeling bad about this. And it is the change in the air. So, you know, WBCN is gone, WBRU, WAF. Um, what's left? Us. We're the, we're the new generation, right? Uh, the point of things. Someday people will be talking about us like that when it's our last, uh, when we're taken off. And when we sold, when we sold for millions of dollars to a conglomerate and they're changing our format, that's, they'll be talking about us like that, Tom, or not. Eddie Albert George, a hero in the Battle of Tarawa in World War II. He was. He was quite a, he lived a long, good long life. And mm -hmm. uh, did many cool things. Um, so, so George, I worked for Intercom. Yes, you did. And it was my first job in radio was being the receptionist at the Intercom cluster in Boston. And one of the stations there was WAF, of course. Yes, of course. And it was very interesting because they said, I said, how do I dress? And they said, uh, dress like so you can represent all the stations. So like one day I'd be sporty. <laughs> One day I'd be buttoned up, you know, one day I'd be flamboyant, and one day I'd be AAF, jeans, t-shirt. Yeah, ripped um, t-shirt. Yeah. But the AF people were very unique. They were different than all of the other people in that cluster. Mm -hmm. they, were, they were hugely loyal to their fans, and their fans were hugely loyal to them. They reminded me of Bruins fans. Mm. Um, the AAF folks, they were really nice. The, all the DJs were nice. Some of them were ridiculously nice and and like took care of me, like uh, LB Lyndon Byers, the former Bruin, right? And Spaz, who's Anthony Parziali. These guys were on the Great Hill Morning Show, right? Um, and those guys would just get me included and stuff, and and into LB was like one of the sweetest guys. He still is. He's a little, I've heard he's he's having some health issues now. I heard that as well. One of the sweetest guys in the world, and he um. He actually, during the summer, he wanted me to feel like included, and even though you know there's 200 people working in that building, mm. he said, "Tom, I don't want you to do me a favor. This weekend, over Fourth of July weekend, he, this is my number. Give me a call, and maybe we'll see if we can hook up. We'll hook up, have a couple of beers, and uh, like enjoy fireworks, whatever like that." So, so he gave me his number. He said, "Call me." So I'm like, "Oh, well, Jesus, this is my God." Linda Byers just gave me his phone number. I'm right. Got to call him. I mean, I didn't like kind of. I kind of didn't want to call him because I mean I don't I we were I don't it's a little out of my comfort zone like hey I'll be what's cooking you know yeah so but but I felt like now he gave me his number I had to call him <laughs> so during the weekend I called him I get his voicemail and I say hey I'll be it's Tom just saying what's going on whatever and uh, picking uh, up on that offer I'll talk to you 
Right. But because he made me call him. So then he gets. Did he call he you back? Back to work like a few days later. He didn't call you back. No. A few days later, he comes up to the desk and says, Hey, T, I got your message. Sorry, man. I was just flat out this weekend. I couldn't do anything. <laughs> I thought, I was like, Man, you told me to call you. I, yeah. I didn't ask for this. Right. But I was great to get his number, and he was always a great guy. He used to he used to bring me booze all the time mm. and beer, and like if they ever had food, food. But like he'd like they'd have sponsors, whatever. He knew like I was stuck behind that front desk, go nowhere. Really, really, really couldn't go no, anywhere. I used to have this girl who was supposed to break me for bathroom breaks, and sometimes she wouldn't just show up. So I'd just sit there for eight hours. <clears throat> um, so he just bring me stuff and take care of me. It's very interesting because eventually he he gave me this bottle of tequila. And and um, I just kept it at my desk. I never touched it. And eventually I got promoted. I started working my way up into radio, got into the talk station, worked my way up in the talk station. I always brought that bottle with me as kind of my paperweight at my desk. And I, uh, this is neither here nor there. It just tells you like how sick the business, toxic the business can be. A few years later, um, I found out that a angry and jealous producer had been telling everybody including management that i had been drinking from the bottle as part of my day from morning to night yeah i found that one guy got laid off and he called me up and told me he said i think you should just know that this guy's been saying this about you and he's been just destroying your name in the station for a year or more wow how toxic is that whoa um, I know, I know. I never touched the freaking bottle of like who would drink tequila at nine in the morning at work, you know? Exactly. Considering I was a guy who was trying, I went from receptionist to like assistant to talk to part-time producer to executive producer to the you know web brand manager. I ran the web, you know. So I was up my upward trajectory, you know. So I was yes. not wasting time you know but you know when you when you move up that fast people resent you so they were happy to believe it um but it was, it was just very interesting and i did it, 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 i'm way off course here george but no you're this is good this is this is good stuff keep rolling i'm just letting you go all the delicious ironies he was in a former actually the guy who did it was actually a former af guy who was a jerk but um but um but at that time he wasn't he was ei uh sport radio but at that, but a few years later, I get a note from this guy saying he's now applying for a gig at somewhere where I had a producer gig, uh-huh. a big station, and the GM, the general manager of the of the station, came over to me and said, "By the way, Tom, Mister X is applying here. He wanted me to. He said we could use you. You would be a reference for him, and you could give him. You could talk to us about him." And the guy said, tell me honestly what you feel about him. Tell me, do you think that he'd be a good fit here? And I never felt so comfortable and said, take a seat. And I said, this guy is the most toxic, vile, Ah. horrible, (laughs) disgusting person I have ever worked with. I didn't even get through it. And the guy said, that's all I need to know. And he said, see you later. And that guy is still not back in the business. It was a bullet of. Uh, that is one thing, George. Once you, <laughs> why am I onto this? Once you're blown out for for, for for some horrible thing, you just don't come back, right? Uh, it it follows you. It's well, a small world. Well, I mean, t- or does no, it improve? It, it does improve your chances the, the, the of other jobs. Is, so, so George, the lesson is, don't be mean to the little guy. Exactly, I was the little guy, and they were mean, and then I became the big guy, 
and then they came back and wanted love, including, remember I told you that there was somebody who was supposed to break me and give me a bathroom break? George? <laughs> for AF, I mean, I'm sorry, for when I was working at that station, yes. somebody was supposed to come and let me use the bathroom during my eight-hour shift, and that person decided to go hang with DJs instead of spending any time. That person actually, just like four years ago, called and asked for a job oh. from me. That, well, well, well. Well, how are you? Interesting. Have you ever yeah. drank Remember tequila during the day? You, yes. Well, this time you didn't come around when I needed you. Well, times have changed, my little friend. But anyway, George, it's not all revenge and hatred happening. But uh, I, 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 what I meant to say is AF was just a, it was a great station, a bunch of great people. I understand that people are upset and saying, how dare these big radio companies do this? I mean, they're, they're horrific. Um, what do you want? The industry's dying. What do you want them to do? Well, you know, I, I, I don't it's feel that personal. way. I, it's They've just made sort dumb of moves. things change. Things change. Things change. And it, it uh, in the days when the only thing you could listen to was WRKO and WF, there was no internet, there was no satellite radio, there was no Spotify, there was no tune in. Then they had a, a corner on the market and they could print money, but no, they can't. It's it's a change, right? And that's a good that's a good lesson too, right? Because they could print money, so they could they could also have five minutes or six minutes or more of uh, of commercial stop sets. Yes, they could. You know, and when they had you as their prisoner, they didn't care. They were doing or, a it, lot or of good they business. Just, they just charged more for them too. So there's there's a double edged sword. Oh yeah, yeah but what I'm saying is that, is that they didn't always think about the listener. A lot of times they were thinking about the dollar, and. You know, when people finally, just like with taxis and Uber, when people finally got a choice and got to listen to the good stuff without having to endure the bad stuff, then people, you know, people do what people do. And so, mm. I don't know. I'm, I'm a radio guy, so I... I and me too. And so are you. And so I, I, I miss terrestrial radio, and I miss really good radio, but this this podcast revolution has given me more than enough quality content with almost no ads which although we need some which is, on this which show. is unfortunate we yes, we need some ads if you're if so if you're listening yeah. right now you can you can leave a message for us 617-500-2257 and we'll get back to you with a bill and we will run your spots uh, how many times will you run a spot there we'll do a pre-roll <laughs> we'll send you a bill we'll send you an invoice and we'll, we'll sign you up we'll send you our rate card and you can choose from one of many options that we have when we run, right. when would we run these ads? We'll, we'll do, the do a pre-roll. You can cross it out and write the <laughs> you can that you write like in, and we'll You can write it. in those zero, those more zeros <laughs> or less zeros or more decimal points or uh, closer to the decimal point. I don't know. But yeah, we'll do a pre-roll. We'll do a post-roll. We'll, we'll, we'll work it into our patter. Our Heineken 0.0, .0 friends just suggested to us, for example, right? if they'd like to sponsor us. I mean, I think you and I are as... Um, or as interesting as Daniel Craig in many ways, right? So why couldn't we get a Heineken sponsorship or, or not? <laughs> not, okay. not a Heineken enthusiast, but I'm a free okay. Heineken enthusiast. So if a, you know, to... when I'm when I'm in uh, when I'm I go to uh, IBC in Amsterdam, they have a lot of Heineken, obviously, because it's local beer, right? And uh, it's it's it seems different there. It seems different and better. Well, on draft and not the ship stuff on boats, on bottles. So, Thomas, are we running out of steam? We've got we've gone more than we. This is our longest show in in uh, many a moon. Remember, like, the last one was only about seventeen minutes, 
And I do apologize for that slight error, which was turns out not an error. It was just sort of a long day. And uh, we had two recordings I managed. Did you like the way I, I connected those together with a a warning message that, that we found a, we had an error? I think I, I think I recovered. I think I did well. But this baby is perfect. Absolutely perfect. This is good stuff. Good. And, uh, and by the way, my new friend thinks you're awesome. L- was a listener of yours at uh, WTKK. So obviously we love her. We do. We you have my do. permission to marry her, George. Oh, I think we're nowhere near that. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, no, she's already dictated your drinking. No, habits, no, 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 so, no, no. I, I just, so I did it. I did this. I did this as a way of, of saying uh, to me, drinking is a social thing. If you said to me, if you and I were out and you said, I'm just going to drink tonight, I would not have a beer. I would, I would, I would, uh, would go with, I would be social and be, and be considerate. And that's what I'm doing here. And, and she, to her credit said, no, go ahead. Maybe three times. And I said, nah, that's all right. Let's not do that. So now I'm interested in figuring out, um, things, to non-alcoholic, non-alcoholic cocktails to make that are interesting. This is, it's, it's kind of a thought experiment, but it's also being a considerate guy, which you, you know, I am so, and, uh, and, uh, but I'm, I'm not going to stop, uh, <laughs> completely drinking. I'm sure. But, um, you know, they do a little bit less. Perhaps that's a bit... Uh, well, look forward to meeting her, George. At some point, I hope so. We'll see. After, after she hears this, she's probably done with me. But uh, we'll see. Will she be listening, uh, moving into the mansion, George? Uh, I don't know. That's that's way down the road, too. No, I do not. She has her own <laughs> residence. So it's, uh, but just like I said, she's definitely not listening to this now. <laughs> no, I'm, she's a very nice person. I'm enjoying her company, and we'll see where it goes. But, um, oh, you know, I'll tell you where we went last night. We went to the, or- have you ever been to the Oregon Club in uh, Ashland? Do you know of the Oregon Club in Ashland? No. The Oregon Club. The reason no, is because you know you're for sure where Ashland is. Where's Ashland? Of, it's west of Framingham, so it's out near the the edge of the the, the orbital plane of the Earth. You could fall off into serpents and uh, and uh, you know other wow. horrible things from your northeastern Massachusetts uh, snooty viewpoint with your Stepford wives' beautiful neighbors. Uh, basically bus drivers, drivers. (laughs) so the Oregon club, the reason you don't know about the Oregon club is perhaps you're a person of, of a good repute as opposed to the, the characterization you provide to the world, because the Oregon club a hundred years ago was a speakeasy during prohibition. So if you were the mayor of Framingham, Massachusetts, (laughs) or the judge in Framingham, or the, the chief of police, you would go to Ashland to the Oregon club to drink. Not 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 non-alcoholic. Non-alcoholic cool. was bigger in those days, that right? Was... That was a mainstream then. So you would go there and you would drink at the Oregon Club. So they claim to have a cast iron pan that is a hundred years old from 1920, and they're still cooking with it. I'm sure they've washed it a couple of times, but that thing is seasoned, baby. And I had a steak on it last night the that was Briasco amazing. Briasco in George, another Italian. Correct. Exactly. By Giuseppe Briasco. We are, we mm-hmm. are, yep, exactly. We are a, uh, a brethren, you know, we're all connected. We're all connected. So, uh, yes. Another contractor, George. But the food there is great. Matter of fact, the Oregon so Club should be sponsored sponsored by the Oregon Club. I mean, we could probably give away a gift certificate for the Oregon Club if they'd like to donate one. Right. Uh, Ooh, I'm sure they'll do that. Yeah, I'm sure they'll do that. We'll have to we figure out some ways, folks. We should. They're they're, they're a terrific oh, place. Cool. We could actually we should do a live remote from the Oregon Club. I think that would be fantastic. They have a nice they have a nice old bar. We could sit there and I'll, I will drink my non alcoholic beer and you will drink whatever you like and uh, 
Well, I mean, yes, unless your fiance tells me I can't. I'm not engaged, sir. No, don't get ahead of yourself now. I don't know, George. Don't get ahead of yourself. Calm down. She's a wonderful person, and I'm I'm getting to know her, and I'm I'm happy to to know her. And this is I'm I'm living in the moment. It's a wonderful thing, and uh, the future will be the future. We'll see. Well, good, George. Oh, you might meet her. Actually, I invited her to the official uh, Boston Herald Radio after party, which I will be having at at the Mance uh, probably next month. I'm going to pick a date. I'm going to go look at. I have this. I have this website that's weather models. It's all the. I'll send this to you. This is pretty cool. It's all the weather forecast models that that are generated every six hours around the world, and you can kind of look ahead and not have to go to Channel Five or or uh, any other weather service and kind of do your own analysis of what's going on. It's got everything that could possibly be there. It does winds at altitude and temperature and all the stuff. But the simplest thing is you can look at what it thinks the st- where the storms are going to be. And uh, I will look ahead and see what, what weekend looks like it's not going to have a, a storm and then decide which one we do it on on a Saturday, I think, so, so that people can perhaps, you know, be passed out here or something. I don't know. That'll, and we could do, we'll do a live Beautiful. episode of this with people from that, that era, right? Talk about uh, things that are no longer on the air. We have enough gear here. You know my setup. And you know what we'll be serving, George? What will we, what will we be serving, I'll be serving all things, by the way. Old Geneva's. I could, you know, possibly, um, uh, if uh, anybody that uh, wants uh, ask me if I'd, uh, 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 nothing um, would, would uh, be listening, they might not appreciate me having an old Geneva, but uh, where am I going with oh, that? Jesus. I have no idea. George, I'll have an old Geneva. We're going to have an old, we're going to have an old, I'll have an old Geneva with you. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Oh, the groveling that's going to happen when you go to the Oregon <laughs> Club with her this weekend. No, there's none of that at mean, all. I didn't mean to stand up for myself. Just, oh. it, was just, it was just really be being, you know, considerate. That's all it is. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All right, George. Let's uh, hang on. <laughs> let's with the call, let's kill this. this. There may be some editing on this, this show. <laughs> 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 all right. Here we go. Good night. Drive safely. Promotional consideration for the point of things provided by absolutely no one. We need to fix that. Don't you think? Yeah, the OC. Oregon Club. Oregon Club. I think we're going to contact them and, and uh, get them to sign up. Or I'll probably never be able to go there again because no soliciting, you. right? So God bless you. Good night and drive safely. <laughs> See ya.